Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 298, a hot bowl of summertime turkey soup. And I am your co-host, and the guy who leased some new property this past week. And I'm your co-host and the guy who's planning to make this spicy meatball tomorrow. All right. So tell me about the new place that we're going to go kill turkeys on. Okay, so <laughs> the five other guys who I hunted with in southwest Alabama at our hunting camp for so long, we hunted all hunted together for probably 10, 12 years. And when we lost that piece of property, we all moved and started hunting the same hunting club in central Alabama. And so this year we joined a new club, a different club, and I've already talked about that with you guys. But I have been looking for a piece of property to lease for the six of us from the other club to lease and hunt in. And I haven't found anything big enough to do that in. But I got a call this week from one of the companies that I was in contact with about leasing some property. And they said, hey, we've got 75 acres for lease over in Chilton County, which is (laughs) where the property that I own is located and that I go and turkey hunt from time to time. So... It's not real close to the property that I own, but it's not terribly far away either. It's probably 20-minute drive from my property, and it's a 40-minute drive from my house. And so I went and checked it out Sunday morning. As I was walking the road through the property, I jumped a rather nice buck whose Mm -hmm. antlers are outside of his ears already still in velvet and yeah so that's a good sign i saw two does so that's a good sign 
Four backstraps. If you shoot the buck, there's six. That's right. So we're talking, you know, probably, I'm going to say eight pounds of backstraps on the buck. Probably <laughs> five pounds of backstrap on each doe. I'll say six pounds on each doe. So we're at 20 pounds of backstraps. Yeah. And even Tammy, that'll, that'll last you 40 meals, you know, half a pound each. That's right. So... That's, uh, you can't you can't knock that oh yeah and i saw the old turkey scratching as well there's a blank check with my name on it mm-hmm. yeah there's kind of turkey life here and it's a beautiful piece of property you know it's not real hilly it's got a little bit of roll to it it has a good bit of fields surrounding it so you know it's 75 acres out of probably two to three hundred acres of timber that has a bunch of fields around it yeah so i like that about it a lot that's pretty exciting you'll get a crack at them before they make it to the farmer field hopefully yeah yeah and speaking of the farmer field one of the neighbors has some horses and Mm -hmm. i was walking that particular property line i did venture off of the road and into the woods a little bit even though i was wearing shorts and hiking boots and a short sleeve shirt but i made it off the road walked the property line a little bit and i saw where the fence on the property line was down and when i say there's horse trails running through there literally horse trails the neighbor's horses are coming off of their property and onto this property that i'm going to lease and so man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so here's my plan. What better opportunity is there to breach the topic of, hey, who's hunting your property by mm-hmm. going over there and giving a little on the door and saying, hey, I'm the guy that's got the property leased next door. And I notice that your fence is down in a couple of spots and your horses are actually coming on to that property. And I would never be the guy that would do this even by accident, but I don't want something happening to your horses for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't want anything to happen to your horses, but number two, I don't want something to happen to your horses and you think that I did it. So Mm I mm-hmm. would like to run that property line with you and just identify the areas where the fence is down and maybe you and I meet over here next week or the following weekend and patch this fence up and keep your horses in. Oh, okay. And by the way, who is hunting your property? So, yeah. you know, it's a good okay. way to meet your neighbor because you never know when you're going to need them and you hope you never need them, but you never know when you're going to need them. And also it's a good way to see if anybody's hunting that property. And if they're not, you know, I'm going to stick my big toe in over there and just say, how about it? I'll lease it from you. Yeah, there you go. Or I'll, I'll bring you to Turkey Breast next spring if you'll let me hunt. Exactly. Yeah. I could I'll... give a rip about deer hunting your property. Yeah. But, I'll shoot as many deer as you want if you'll just let me turkey on over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about it. Like I said, it's a beautiful piece of property and, you know, it's not very big. So it's not like all six of us guys are going to be able to hunt it. I probably will let my brother and my dad hunt it, of course. But the other guys, you know, it's just. There's just not enough land there to get two or three people on it at the same time, but I'm excited about it nonetheless. So tell Mm -hmm. me about the meatballs. Tomorrow night, it's going to be a new recipe for me. I'm making firecracker wild turkey meatballs. Ah. They're going to be served over jasmine rice with the firecracker sauce drizzled on top with a side of green beans. Mm -hmm. We'll see how it goes. I was inspired from the recipe from a similar recipe that was made with non-wild turkey. So we're going to make a little twist on it. We'll make that. Hopefully, it will be good. I don't really know, judging by the ingredients list I've compiled, how it could be bad. So I'm going to use thigh and leg meat to make this recipe. I feel like the dark meat will be a better flavor for the meatball. Yeah, you've been grinding up pretty much all of your thighs and legs, 
haven't you, here for the past year or two? That's pretty much it. And other than I've made one recipe with the thighs that I did not grind them, but it's such a versatile meat once you grind it. If a recipe calls for beef, if it calls for the dark portion of chicken, even some pork recipes, you can use ground turkey and the dark portion. I just, I don't want to grind the breast meat because it's versatile already, but Mm -hmm. the toughness behind the dark part of the meat is the main deterrent to most people in my opinion and grinding it takes that out of it completely yeah so when are you grinding this is it yeah so i personally i take the meat out of the bird and you've probably done this before i figured it out after the first time if you grind it immediately after removing it from your turkey while it's warm you get for lack of better words, turkey soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we'll discuss mush. today in a yeah. different way. But it's it just turns into goop, and I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. I'm sure taste and everything would be okay, but I mean, it's got a lot more liquid almost in it. So I take the meat out in chunks, leave it whole, and freeze it, package it, freeze it that way. And then when I'm ready to cook, so for tomorrow, I'll sit the meat out at lunch. It'll be 90% thawed by the time I get off work. I'll come home, change, throw it in the grinder. It's cold still, which means it's going to grind really well. And so then I have a nice ground meat that's easy to pat out and, and mold to the meatball, which is what I'm doing. And that's how I do it. So I leave it the way it came out of the turkey, freeze it that way, and then grind it the day of cooking. Or if you, you know, if you have to marinate it overnight or whatever, then grind it the day before. But I don't grind it till I'm ready to use it. Okay. So, I mean, I'm sure you could bulk grind a lot of meat, but I, I think honestly, if I was going to do that, I still would freeze it first and then thaw it and grind it. It just turns out better. Yeah. Well, and so we grind a fair amount of meat at my house. Mm-hmm. Venison... We even will sometimes re-grind ground beef if hmm. the recipe that Tammy's cooking calls for the meat to be finely ground. We yeah. will re-grind it. And so I've discovered that it all grinds better if it's cold, very cold. And, yeah. you know, not only that, but you don't want the meat getting hot and then freezing it or, you know, yeah. trying to cool it off or whatever else from that point. I mean, that's our goal from the time we harvest the animals to get it back cleaned, field dressed, and on ice or in a refrigerator ASAP. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's yeah, cool. I think, I think cold is the way to grind, personally. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you ground it, you know, without freezing it or at least chilling it, you probably think this is no way this is going to be good. It's going to be nasty. So I'd, I'd chill the meat before you grind it. Yeah. But I'll let y'all know how it turns out. I'll post it on my Instagram next week sometime. I'll put the recipe on there. If it's good, if it's terrible, I won't post it. All right. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to grind up some of my thighs and legs. And, oh. you know, I've been cooking the majority of my thighs in the sous vide over mm-hmm. the past several years. And, I mean, they turn out really good. Yeah. That dark meat's delicious, man. Yeah, it is. It's it- much really more flavorful, is. and if it is not overcooked, it is so much more tender and juicy than the breast is to me. Yeah, it, that's a fact. The breast is just easier, so that's what people think of when they think turkey meat. And are you brining yours before you freeze it and grind it? No. Uh, I will sometimes, I will put it in literally a big bowl of water. Yeah. If If there's blood in the meat somewhat Mm -hmm. and that's about it i don't even put salt in there anymore i literally just put water and let it soak in that for overnight maybe i'll change the water and do it again but typically i don't i mean i've literally just brought it inside and thrown it right in the freezer honestly taste wise i haven't noticed any difference turkey's just not a very bloody meat anyway unless you screwed up the shot um Unless you breasted him on the shot. (laughs) What you meant to say was, unless you screwed up your shots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
the follow-up shots that blow each leg off, those can make issues while trying to grind the meat. When you, when you hear a clang while you're grinding leg meat, that means your accuracy <laughs> probably wasn't too good. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that's the story of my life. Yeah. So have you found that drinking some of that cold blood water that the turkey breast soaks in makes you a better hunter? That's what I put in my coffee every morning during turkey season. All right. That's what I wanted to know. It is. That's That is exactly, you must become the turkey to call the turkeys, all I'm saying. So, Ladies and gentlemen, now you know Cameron Weddington's secret. It is the secret. Of becoming yes. a turkey killer. Two parts turkey blood water, three parts black coffee. Mm. Head to the woods. You don't even take a call. You'll just start being a turkey for a little while, and they'll yeah. be in your life. All right. Awesome. Let's get on with some turkey soup, man. Yeah, let's we, do it. I'm looking forward first. to it. Yeah. Well, let's do the countdown first. I'm jumping the gun. That's, that's my excitement level right now. Uh, it really is, and I want to hear how <laughs> far away it is for you for well, turkey season precisely two weeks further than you which would be 261 days eight hours 24 minutes and 36 seconds till opening day in tennessee it's 247 days 12 hours 27 minutes and 40 seconds for me mm, you get start early man i think i wrote my time down a little bit a few seconds earlier than you did we've got different starting times because it gets daylight where you are a little bit later than it gets daylight where I am. So yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting when you look at it that way. So the, it should be exactly two weeks, but it is not exactly two weeks because we have that difference in daylight. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference. I mean, two weeks in the spring, you, at least I've noticed throughout the spring, I'm, my alarm probably two weeks in is probably 45 minutes earlier than it was the opening morning. <laughs> Yeah. Those days are just getting longer and longer every day that goes on. Yeah. Well, and then you've also got to get up earlier and earlier to beat the guy at the gate that you're trying to beat. That is also a good point because he starts learning you, you're learning him. And I got into an alternating match with a guy in Mississippi that way. We figured out how to beat each other till finally I was getting there at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> But I was respectful enough that if he was there, I would let him have it, which is a lesson many people need to hear. <laughs> hint, 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 everyone listening. Yeah. Our listeners would never do such a thing. They would not. They would not. Well, very good. Yeah, let's jump into some of this turkey soup and get some news flowing here. Yeah, so it's... this is my first round on turkey soup, so I'm going to defer to you to lead us off the bat with our turkey news. I will do it. And it's that time of year, you know, where a lot of states are opening up application periods for their draw hunts or quota hunts or limited opportunity hunts or the states that just have fall permits, a limited number of them. It's that time of year. And it's not just turkeys, you know, it's the deer and the elk and the antelope and lots of other big game animals that we like to hunt in the fall is that time of year where we need to be putting in. So for Michigan, all of you guys who plan on doing some fall turkey hunting in Michigan this year, the fall turkey application is open from now through August the 1st. And hunters can apply for one limited quota license. And that's going to put them on a specific fall turkey hunt unit with certain season dates the application for that permit or license is a whopping five bucks. So pay the five bucks mm -hmm. to apply and pick your turkey hunt unit out and get out there and make it happen. So the results of the drawing are going to be available on August the 17th. So you'll know then if you drew or not. And if you were successful in drawing, then you just have to go and purchase the license you can do that online or at a license agent office and nice. judging by the way michigan is going you probably are only going to have the opportunity to do it online because i don't know if their businesses are open back up yet or not from covid but anyway mm. that's something you guys need to get out there and do the regular 
general fall turkey season runs from September the 15th through November the 4th. So get out there and get it done. What is next, Cameron? Well, I actually have a couple articles. We'll start with one pertaining to kind of statistics on this past season because I think it's not to be taken lightly. This past turkey season slash spring for outdoors enthusiasts is probably one that will be unlike any other, hopefully, yeah. in our lifetime. So here's some here's an article out of Maryland, the great state of Maryland, saying that this year, in this spring, on their natural areas and state parks, actually they're talking about 53 state parks, had a record attendance this spring. In May alone, the attendance was up a million people. Holy cow. <laughs> 56% increase. A million people. A million people. Now, that's not just all hunters, though. No, no, no. This is 53 state parks attendance. Hunters, yeah. outdoor enthusiasts, campers, bikers, hikers, you know. Wow. A but lot of places still... are hunting areas. And yeah. Maryland hunters took a record number of gobblers this spring. So mm-hmm. That's not surprising. That, you know, that's not shocking at all to me, but there's other statistics in here showing even Virginia and some other states. But the, the one that stood out in this article to me was a million people. And then also they talk about in here how it's not, this is to quote a guy in Virginia, he says, it's not just more people, it's different people that are not familiar with the ethic of leave no trace. And they go on to talk about how they had a lot of problems with littering, spray painting on things. They literally had to put people at gates seven days a week to keep people from vandalizing the campgrounds. Wow. I mean, that's just sickening. Pick up after yourself. I mean, good grief. Yeah. And it's adult. It's adults doing it. It's not just a bunch of all, all these kids out there. There's a lot of adults out there just trashing our parks. Yeah. So that was an interesting article in my opinion but that one million people that that blew my mind yeah that's crazy i mean you know we've talked about this several times on the show and so i don't want to get into it a whole lot more but you guys listening today are going to hear several articles that are going to have basically the same point but that number is staggering to me yeah and you know that it's not just Hunting pressure, I get that, but people pressure, that right. much disturbance can't be good. <laughs> That's exactly right. And, you know, so not only is it just pressure on the turkeys, but you've got the issues of, hey, I'm working this bird and here comes some lady hiking through the woods. Yeah. You know, and she's got every right to be there. Y'all so. both have every right to be there. And so you yeah. just have to deal with it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's just part of it, and I I get it. I'm when I go hunting, I want to feel like it's me out there in the middle of the woods with no one else around. But that just simply wasn't the case for a lot of people this year. And if this COVID thing comes around next spring, it probably won't be the case next year either. Yeah. So that was an interesting article out of Maryland. Yeah, it really is. So as I understand it, in West Virginia, there's some changes of brewing over their turkey season. Mm-hmm. So the article does talk about the fact that West Virginia has extended their spring turkey season by eight days and that it will now close on Sunday, May the 23rd, 2021. Wow, so, so they, they made it longer they made it longer, which I find I interesting because they didn't take eight days off the front end of the season and give you eight on the back just to move the season back. They extended yeah. the season by eight days, and they also did not increase the bag limit. Mm-hmm. And to me, all that really seems to be doing is just putting more pressure on your turkeys in West Virginia. Yeah, I don't really see the point in that. Personally, I would rather them added at the end than the beginning obviously i mean i think oh yeah if you gotta add days at least put it at the end and you know if they took four days off the front and added eight at the end your hunters would probably be happy and that honestly would probably be better for your population (laughs) in my opinion 
Yeah, and it really, I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole lot on the on the front end that you move it back. Yeah. So, I, yeah. That's interesting to me. I, I, you don't hear of many states right now adding days, increasing limits. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't personally know anywhere in the United States where that needs to be happening. <laughs> well, there are some places in the U.S. that, do have good turkey populations and can deal with having a longer season or higher bag limit. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of of the mindset now. Why? Well, the reason they may still have all those turkeys might be their framework. (laughs) Right. And we've, you know, we've seen a lot of those changes in the state of Maine over the past several years, extending their season, making their fall bag limit much greater increasing their spring bag limit and you know only time will tell what's going to happen to their population because of those changes but why well you know in maine actually i talked to an nwtf guy up there they had this proposed and nearly got passed in maine because the residents there hate turkeys Like Mm -hmm. this guy said, literally just the residents hate them because from what I gathered, it seems like in winter, when it snows a lot, the birds have no other food source. So they hit these bird feeders really heavily. And so I guess they're, you know, pooping in people's yard or whatever. But he, I just want you to take a guess. What do you think they tried to increase the spring bag limit of gobblers to? Did I hear the number eight somewhere? Yep. Eight. Yeah. Eight. I mean, look, who would not love to be in a state that had an eight-bird bag limit? But the truth of the matter is, unless you're the only hunter in the state and you close off the borders and do not let anyone from out of state in the state, yeah, it's not very wise. No, it's not. I mean, that's that's a crazy number. I, I, I don't see how you could possibly sustain that. And luckily, they didn't do that. I know they're... Neighbor to the south, Connecticut increased to five, which talking to the biologist there, he said was a terrible, terrible move. Uh, He personally said he did not support it, did not think they could sustain it. But yeah, anyway, it's interesting to see how certain states are fighting the battle to keep their turkeys and other ones are cutting folks loose on them. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, and so... I look at, and I'm and I'm trying to be fair here, I look at other states and what their bag limits are and how they manage their game animals in the light that Alabama manages its bag limits and seasons and that kind of thing. And, you know, to me, I think so many other states are so proactive in managing their seasons and bag limits compared to Alabama, because Alabama gets into this whole tradition thing. And so there's so many arguments to not do something, not to make some sort of a change that may end up being an improvement in Alabama because, well, it's tradition. You know, we don't want to change the bag limit in Alabama. It's always been five birds. My daddy's daddy, when he was hunting, it was five birds. Yeah, that's and right. His daddy's daddy. It's always it's been our tradition, five birds. Well, stuff changes, man. And if it's going to take 10 years to change the bag limit from five birds to four birds or three birds, <laughs> you're behind the curve. You're too mm-hmm. late. Versus you look at a state like Maine, and they do, you know, because I, I've been keeping an eye on this turkey news for, for years now doing these turkey soup episodes and Maine is always in the news and they are every year looking at the health of their wild turkey population and they make decisions from there as to how they're going to expand or retract their bag limits and their season dates. Yeah. So that's what should be done. That's what I've always wondered that like, why doesn't every state evaluate each year and set it based on that. If it's the same as last year, then set it the same as last year. If your turkey population got creamed last year, make it more restrictive. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> there's probably a couple of reasons why, and I'm going to say 
number one money yeah i mean money and research to figure out what exactly yeah. is going on yeah yeah but it's an interesting thing to think about it would be i mean turkeys weather wise they're gonna have a year where they have a big hatch they're gonna have a year where they have a really bad hatch Mm-hmm. And if you follow those statistics, you ought to be able to project what kind of hunt you should be able to have that year. Yeah. And they are follow, they follow the pulp production and nesting success very closely in the southeast, but they, there's no changes to seasons based on what happened. That's what's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, well, oh man, nests nest were way down this year. Season's the same, bag limit's the same. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> well, and I mean, you you summed it up in Alabama, but yet you guys in Tennessee, you guys made changes this year. Yeah, I mean, they changed it to a three-bird limit, which we're taking a step in the right direction. I think they could have done something more so, but we'll see. I think we discussed earlier, they're worried they might impact the study we have going on. I think it'll be more restrictive in the future, personally, but yeah. they dropped us to three, which should save about 4,000 birds. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, so we've we've gone off topic here from West Virginia, but that's one of the fun things about having both of us do a turkey soup episode is we are yeah. going to go off topic and we're going to touch on some things and we're going to give you our experiences and our opinions, which are worth absolutely nothing. Because absolutely, I might be not, really wrong, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're not the scientists and we're not we're not afraid to say that we know we're not right about everything, but we've got opinions just like you guys listening to the show do. And if you don't agree with ours, we'd like to hear yours too. So yeah, shoot please. us an email, Cameron at I am turkey hunting.com. do it. And Andy at I am turkey hunting.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there, all right, look, before before we move on to your article, I'm going to jump back on West Virginia real quick. West Virginia has made some changes to their fall wild turkey season dates and the open counties as well. So you guys need to get on the website for West Virginia and look to see what those changes are for the fall seasons because there have been some. So what's next, Cameron? Next is another article that pertains to coronavirus i promise all of mine aren't going to all pertain to that but this one talks about in the great state of missouri they had twenty thousand new turkey hunters and that is just turkey hunters this spring and in the article this guy is talking about his family said they were planning to try to go opening day and that's usually the only day they go ended up getting to go 13 times because the sports and everything got canceled so they go over the statistics of you know regular hunters came out more often 20,000 new hunters tried out the sport and even the youth season had a 10 percent increase in harvest so they also talked about illinois record numbers Iowa record numbers, Nebraska, which Nebraska banned non-residents, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe that's right. They still had a 37% increase in adult permits issued Hmm. and 63% in youth permits. So they still had an increase. And even Kansas was up 25%. I think they banned non-residents as well. So that's interesting because... They're talking about in here how the Midwest has apparently seen a de- decline in hunting, and they're saying now it's back on the increase. But I would argue as much non-resident hunting that happens in the Midwest, I bet their animals aren't getting less pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to touch on some of that in here on today's show. But, yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at a state like Minnesota, and I think they sold— 30% more licenses Yeah, this year. Yeah, it's... That's significant. I mean, 20, like, I mean, Missouri, I mean, I don't know how many turkey hunters they have on an annual basis, but I mean, 20,000 new people out there shooting turkeys is, that's pretty, pretty good amount of folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you spread that, luckily they do have a ton of public land in that state, you know, so. Yeah. I, I just find these statistics fascinating to see how people reacted and obviously i saw with my own eyes i had friends who've never even given a second thought to turkey on who you know killed two gobblers this year yeah just one of those deals so that's what i have there yeah what you got next for us well it's still along those same lines so in indiana 
They had a 25% increase in hunters in the woods hunting turkeys this spring. So wow. they're, they're estimating that 74,500 turkey hunters got into the turkey woods this spring. And that almost 75,000 turkey hunters took 14,492 turkeys in 90 out of their 92 counties. And that's a 21% increase over the 2019 season. And it is their new record high by 750 turkeys. Wow. In the state. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. That's record high. There were a lot of new records set this year. I would, I'd be interested if anybody's added up the total harvest for the United States to see if that was a record. Hmm. We may put you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Get to man, it. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be doing that, but... <laughs> You know, it's interesting because I just personally thought a lot of these really uh, traditional turkey hunting states were going to be the main hotspots, but it's all of them with the COVID deal. It seems like, I mean, I haven't read about a state that had a decrease in license sales. Even ones who weren't selling to non-residents were increasing. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting to me. Is it Indiana, are they a two-bird or one-bird state? Indiana is a one-turkey state and they had how many harvested again 14,742 wow that's or 792 i think pretty strong for one bird state yeah that's that's crazy yeah well next i have iowa which mm -hmm. is far from indiana they're asking its residents so if you're an iowa resident tuning in right now they're asking you to take part in an annual turkey population count this July and August. All that is required is the notation of the date and county in which turkeys are seen, if it was an adult female or an adult male, and whether or not there were any young poults. Then they give you a description of how to distinguish between males and females. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably can do that. And there's an online survey and survey card which can be found and filled out and you can also mail it in so they're just asking y'all to count turkeys that you see going to and from work or while you're out putting your food plot in let them know if you're seeing any poults sounds like they're trying to get a census of their turkey population there in iowa so help them out those are important things to do yeah they really are because that kind of data is very important well it goes back to what we were just talking about you know and and knowing how to set your bag limit knowing how to set your season dates yes and iowa is a it's a draw only state correct they have they have a certain number of permits if i'm not mistaken and you have to draw so i assume they use this as some of their data for how they pick that number. Yeah. So it, these things are important. If, if your state asks you to do something with turkeys and you can easily do it, do it. I think I think it helps. It definitely does not hurt. That's There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so our friends north of the border in Canada... <laughs> are considering adding a fall turkey hunting season on Paley Island. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correct. It is P-E-L-E-E, Island. And they're saying that the fall turkey hunting season on the island will help businesses and the tourism industry recover from the economic fallout of COVID-19. However, they would like the public's input And they said that due to COVID, the township had to cancel its annual pheasant hunt, which has been a great tradition. Here's that word again. On Paley Island for more than seven decades. Well, it is a heck of a tradition. And the community members out there said that adding a fall turkey hunting season would be sustainable and it would be an effective way to support their businesses in the area and that Ontario has had a wild management program since the mid 1980s and that the turkeys pretty much have exploded up there and that their range has grown as well. So, you know, they're, they're not thinking that that's going to be any kind of an issue for them. They already have a spring turkey hunting season in that area. Yeah. They're just considering adding fall. Yeah. Yeah. And so if they do it, they're talking about it 
happening in October sometime. Yeah. So. When I see words such as robust turkey population, it makes me want to book a flight to Pelee Island. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So Those kind of words might know, get their turkeys in trouble. Yeah, there's a lot of those areas in Canada where the turkey populations are doing quite well, and they are, you know, considering opening seasons because a lot of those areas have seasons that are not open because the birds were reintroduced into the area. So when they reintroduce them, obviously they're not going to open the season right when they reintroduce the birds. So the seasons are closed and they're thinking about opening those up in those areas or they're talking about increasing bag limits, lengthening season. And so some of that stuff that we were just talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Canada. Uh, different phase than we are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's on the list. I've just got a few more states to finish up here in the U.S. before I go north to Canada and try to kill some turkeys up there, eh? Hey, yeah. I plan to join you on that, and I plan to hopefully be done with my Super Slam before you. You may and do it. That's the goal, man. I feel like if I set that as my goal, it's going to make it where I'm really hitting it. So I want to finish. Actually, I want us to finish together, and then we're going to go hit the Canadian Slam together. Okay. I'm in. And I, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. And the way Arkansas is going, we'll probably both finish up there after five or ten years <laughs> solely devoted to it. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Me, you, Chip, John, the whole gang will all be in Arkansas. Uh-huh. Whoever kills finally gets their slam. Yeah, no doubt. Well, next on the list, I'll be brief with this one, is New York. Some more statistics for you guys, and I know I'm hounding these, but it's interesting looking state by state. For our New York visitors and listeners, there were 49% increases in resident turkey hunting permits. Hunting licenses overall went up by 130%, and junior hunting licenses went up by 60% during the pause period in New York. I believe they're referring to when they banned travel and all those kind of things. Hmm. And also, lifetime license increased by 146%. Yeah, that <laughs> kind of stuck nuts. out to me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, that's that's pretty crazy. Where are all these people getting their hunter safety? Or are these all just people who've had it and quit hunting, do you think? That's my guess, Cameron, because, you know, or, you... you so many of the field days and that those kind of things for the hunter ed courses were canceled. Yeah. And, you know, I know some states offered online, but they still require you to do some sort of a, you know, at least two to four hours in the field. And that's the only thing I can think of, you know, and, and look, we've had this discussion about turkeys and turkey hunting numerous times. We're going to have it numerous more times, but I'm not going to talk about this for specifically for turkeys as much as I am for all other game species. But if we have more deer hunters in the woods, more pheasant hunters, quail hunters, grouse, whatever it happens to be, that's a good thing. That's more tax dollars because it's more licenses being sold. More tax dollars that these states have to invest in the research mm-hmm. that they need to be doing to help us out and to help out the species that we're hunting. So that's a good thing. You know, I have mixed emotions about the turkey side of it. But again, we're not going to get into that part of it today. That we, We're going to do an episode on that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one's in the, in the future. I'd like to hear all of the reasoning behind where the balance needs to be. Yeah. And does anybody really know? So that'll be yeah. a, a question for that interview as well, or that discussion, for, you know, going on during that episode. But 146% increase in lifetime licenses. <laughs> Y'all going to have plenty of folks hunting for a while, it sounds like, unless everybody croaks pretty soon. Yeah. You got to think that the majority of those are probably sold to children. I would assume so. Maybe somebody went turkey hunting, liked it, and they had a kid and thought, hey, I better go ahead and get them a lifetime because I'm into yeah. this. I don't know. Yeah. So interesting stuff. It is. All right. Next, I've got for you guys Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. So their Department of Environmental Management is asking for 
the public to report sightings of wild turkey hens with baby turkeys and without baby turkeys. And they want you to report your sightings of toms as well. So Hmm. they're using an online survey. And that survey window is going to run from July 1 through August 31st. I think in the past they didn't keep any kind of a tally on toms. But this year they are doing that. And so the survey system they're using is is called Survey123. I've never heard of it or used it. I'm not familiar with it at all. But I think they have an online platform and an application that you could put on your smartphone. So you guys in Rhode Island, go to the App Store and download the Survey123 app and get out there and and or when you're out there walking around in your parks or working your land or whatever it happens to be and you see some turkeys be sure to jump on the app and report that for the state that's always a big help as cameron mentioned yeah absolutely do that in rhode island for sure i have next oklahoma a once strong state in turkeys and they Mm -hmm. still have i believe they're reducing their bag limits so Mm. starting this fall, well, they're reducing slash altering the bag limit. Starting this fall, turkey gun hunters in the fall will only be allowed to harvest one tom, and that's only in the 14 counties that previously permitted either sex harvest. Archery Ooh. hunters will still be allowed one turkey of either sex statewide in the fall. So you can kill one with a bow statewide, but if you're gun hunting in the fall, you can only go to these certain 14 counties and you can kill one tom. Also, in the spring next season, all counties outside of the southeast region will have a one tom limit. So you can only kill one bird per county. I think that's an interesting rule. Yeah, it is. Whereas your season limit is three. Uh, I kind of like that. I mean, your really good turkey hunters can still get their three, but they can't go get them all on one piece of property, which I, I think that's a good move. Mm-hmm. So, and none of these changes will affect the southeast region of Oklahoma because apparently the season is already shorter and the limit is one time for all eight counties combined in that region. The chief of wildlife told commissioners that He cited declining turkey numbers during the past two years, especially in the Southwest, is what prompted the bag limit change. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because Oklahoma, I've always heard, was pretty stout with turkeys. Yeah, it has been, and it's had a lot of peaks and valleys, and so much of that has been dependent on weather and water. Yeah, rain. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big deal over there for sure. Yeah. But I, I do like that. I like that one bird per county rule because I, I do too. Although if you owned a giant piece of property in one county, that would not be great. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I kind of like that because my personal rule is always only kill one bird in one spot and then I'm moving areas. So it kind of aligns with that thinking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very quick with this one. I just thought it was interesting. In Indiana, there's a program called the Indiana Private Lands Access Program, or IPLA. Yeah. So, you know, much like the, was it Weeha in Kansas? Yeah, the Weehaws, which is a great program. Private land that the state has leased the hunting rights on. And... Indiana has a very similar program to that. It's the IPLA program. Several other states around the country have the same thing. But what I thought was really interesting with this is what the state is paying some of these landowners for the leases on some game birds. Yeah. Hmm. How about $16 an acre for wild turkey lease? Ooh. How about... From the state. They're going to pay, too. Yes. How about... $25 an acre for fall bobwhite, pheasant, and woodcock. Holy cow. $25 an acre. Do you think they're going to target small acreage? Uh, I think they'll take whatever they can get their hands on, according to what the guy in Texas that 
heads up their program there in Texas was telling me is, and that may be why you see some of these prices that I just mentioned in Indiana, is that they're having to compete with hunters to get these leases. They have to spend this money. Wow, that's crazy. They have to have lands leased in these programs in order to get that money from the farm bill. That's crazy. I didn't think of that. Yeah, so he said to me that a lot of times, most of the time, they're paying more than market rent. Wow. More than market rate for those leases. And, you know, I have no idea what land leases for in Indiana. I would imagine if you're leasing whitetail hunting ground in Indiana, it's got to be expensive. I don't know what it costs, but 25 bucks an acre for quail, pheasant, and woodcock? Yeah, I mean, how many quail and woodcock hunters do we have these days? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about Indiana, but I can tell you, if you're quail hunting in Alabama... You're going hungry. <laughs> sad. It is. Tennessee's the same way, but that's 25 bucks. I mean, that's a pretty good payday if you own a thousand acres out there in Indiana right now. If you no don't joke, I mean, heck, if I owned land out there and I was a turkey hunter, I'd lease it for quail and pheasant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have a twenty-five bucks, you can come hunt all my pheasants all you want. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I I'm gonna have to do some more research on that. What is the the name of the program one more time? It is the Indiana Private Lands Access Program. They use the IPLA as their acronym for the program. Yeah. Wow, that's that's neat. Yep. Well, I'm going up to Wisconsin. So I don't know if anybody else noticed. This is off topic from my article, but sure seemed like a lot of folks were hunting Wisconsin this year. Yes, they were. So Wisconsin hunters registered. They decided to go ahead and blow Tennessee out of the water. They registered 44,963 birds during 2020 hunting season. Wow. 40, call it 45,000. That's a a lot of wild turkeys. So they registered 45,000 and sold 224,452 harvest authorizations. Okay. Say that one more time. 224,452 <laughs> harvest authorizations. <laughs> Holy crap. <Quarter> million. <laughs> Holy cow. That's insane. That's Does it say how much of an increase that is over average? Or last year? Uh, let's see. Uh, looks like they had... No, not really. Um, it said the harvest was 17% increase. Yeah. So, Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, their season's interesting. I think the way they line up their season is, make, is a more sustainable way to continue having turkeys. I think that's why they can do it. Mm-hmm. They regulate how many birds are taken week one, week two, week three, and week four, and then they right. cut everybody loose pretty much for weeks five and six. Yeah, and I, I think that lines up better with the way the wild turkey works, in my opinion. And I think that the fruit that they're harvesting up there right now shows it. So, <laughs> yeah. A lot of turkeys, though. I don't know. We'll see That's if they a lot of turkeys. sustain that. Yeah. But I think I will definitely say you can tell based on where certain individuals rave about online on their social media pages. You can tell where the masses are going next year, in my opinion. And I, before Wisconsin even opened this season, I told many people that I thought there would be a lot of hunters up in Wisconsin because I saw a lot online from people who have pretty massive followings who were really touting how great Wisconsin was. Mm-hmm. And I think that drove a lot of folks up there. And I, I mean, it sounds like there was a lot of success up there, but we'll see if that impacts them in the future. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it didn't have anything to do with it, but it was pretty easy to see that it was getting gaining a lot of momentum going into this year i know a lot of people who took their first trip this year a lot of them chose to go to wisconsin yeah yeah it historically has been good hunting yeah so 
How about one more? Do you have one more for us? Yeah, I have one more in Ohio. Hunters checked 17,891 turkeys during spring hunt, which was less than the 2019 harvest. How about that? So there's a swing for you. That's new. We haven't mm -hmm. said that. Often. They had, from what I'm reading, it looks like they had the exact same season dates as well as uh, bag limit. So they literally had just less turkeys get harvested. I'm trying to read in here and see if they sold more permits or less permits, but yeah, it doesn't look like it, they kind of blamed it on weather. It looks like it's what they're trying to say in here. A lot of wind, cold, mm -hmm. uh, which that does play a big factor in it. Um, I mean, if your whole first week of the season is garbage, then that's going to really affect the harvest because that's when everybody's out there. Yeah. And you know, my friend, Zach Lucas, who, lives in West Virginia is not terribly far from Ohio. And he talked about how I think the first two weeks of their season, it was cold and raining. And, mm -hmm. you know, then they even had a, a late season snowstorm. And you experienced that while you were up hunting in the Northeast as well. Definitely. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, I mean, cold and raining almost would keep me inside. Almost. Yeah, that, I mean, that plays a big factor, especially when it's in the early portion of the season, because that's when a big portion of your harvest happens. And in a, I mean, a state like Arkansas, that has a two to three week season. If it rains the whole first week, that's going to really drop your numbers. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. well, speaking of Arkansas, what do you say uh, we close out with Arkansas? All right. Let me get ready for an hour conversation, because I've read this article. <laughs> You know, I think that I want to see if we can get Jeremy Wood on the show with us. I'd love that. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about this article. And I'm really going to restrain from talking about this for an hour because I think we can get Jeremy on the show and have an hour-long talk about this. Because, hey, this is not an Arkansas-specific issue. This is happening not only throughout the Southeast, but it's happening throughout the country in a lot of states. We just talked about Oklahoma. Yeah. And that is decline in turkey populations. Now, maybe no other state has seen it yet to the extent that Arkansas has seen it. But Arkansas, I've got to give them a lot of credit. They went out and hired a real up-and-comer in Jeremy Wood in the wild turkey world he was one of wild turkey docs mike chamberlain's students mm -hmm. i think at lsu if i'm not mistaken yeah i'm not and, sure i know mike said he was a student of his yeah i think it i think it was when he was at lsu and when i happened to talk to mike not long after jeremy got the position of the wild turkey program coordinator for the state of arkansas and mike was really excited about that not just for Jeremy, but for Arkansas. And so he told me, he said, he's got some good ideas and he's going to bring some things to the people of Arkansas, the hunters in Arkansas that, you know, might upset them initially, but is going to do them a lot of good. And I don't think it really upset them a whole lot, judging by what I've read in this article, because Jeremy said that each proposal concerning changes to their turkey season received 63 or greater percent support from the survey participants. Yeah. 63%. So two Good. out of three people agreed that what the state was proposing to do was going to be beneficial. That's awesome because it's hard to get two out of three people to agree the sky is blue these days. So that's, that's pretty oh, impressive. I'm telling you. Yeah. And that's the kind of cooperation you have to have to get real change made to management of your game animals. You've got to have that. And so let's talk a little bit about what they've done, the big changes. And, you know, again, I could talk about this for hours, at least one, but multiple hours. But what they've done is in the majority of the state, they have made the season a nine-day season. That's going to be 
two weekends and five weekdays. In those areas, they're going to have a one bird limit. Yeah. Now, that's not much different than what they've done in the past in those same areas, except they've expanded the zone two area. And I'm going to tell you about that. They have reduced the zone one area, which that's the zone one area. Nine days, one bird. Yeah. So that area has been condensed a little bit. The zone two area has been expanded. That is a 21-day season with a two-bird bag limit. Now, the two birds not changed, but the 21-day season has changed. They've given you more days to get that done. And... I really think that was a good move. You know, there's that balancing act, that juggling act, and we talked about it just a few minutes ago, of where's hunter satisfaction compared to saving the bird. Mm -hmm. And that's what Arkansas is really struggling with here. And, you know, because I've been in Arkansas the past two seasons, it's tough when you get a four or five day period to go up there and hunt and the weather sucks for three and a half or four days. Uh, I mean, you know, that's that's difficult as a hunter. It's helping out the turkeys, but difficult for a hunter. So, you know, we don't want hunters, all hunters, dropping out of hunting turkeys. That's ultimately not going to be good for the animal in the long run. It would help them in the short run, but not in the long run. Yeah. So out of all of the changes that they proposed, they got a lot of support behind the changes. They're moving the season back back that's so, a key yeah a later start date the latest that they've ever had yeah and they've extended it which is going to help as well because the hunter's going to be in the woods hunting turkeys that are not as hinned up yeah and i just finished reading this is on the topic but i just finished reading a book by love at williams which we've talked about and it really opened my eyes to how we are where we are today the earlier the season start date is which is what people have pushed for all these years the earlier it is the easier it is to kill turkeys because the males come into sexual readiness a lot quicker than females which is the Mm. case with all animal species including ours and so Mm. why everybody wanted to hunt them early is because you can go kill the males before the females are ready so if you act like a ready and willing female the male is going to come on in and you can kill him very easily so what these people are doing in arkansas and like this guy said in the article they're wanting to start the date of hunting when peak nest incubation is so when he's already been with the girls Mm -hmm. and it takes that process for new turkeys to be born so it makes a lot of sense to not start it till then but that's why there's all the pressure in the world is to start earlier and earlier and earlier and that's just not good yeah. So I, yeah. I, I think they got the right idea here. That the whole premise behind starting a spring season back in the day was to start it when peak nesting began. And we've gotten away from that. And it looks like Arkansas is trying to get us back to that. Yeah. Hopefully they have success with the changes that they proposed. And, you know, it'll be something that other states will copy and implement. That's what I'm hoping Arkansas, I'm their biggest fan right now. I hope yeah. their population just turns around 180 and booms. Yeah. Because that will show us that the science is there on how we can continue to have turkeys. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot more to this article. Again, you know, we're, we're running long on this show, and so we're not going to dive into it a whole lot for this episode, but... There's a lot to it, and I really want to dig into it with Jeremy. And, you know, heck, we may even see if we can trick Mike into, into joining us on that as well. Even yeah. though, you know, I'm sure they're going to be saying the same things. But, you know, it would be interesting just to hear Jeremy's thoughts on yeah how the hunters as a whole took this. And, you know, I'd be interested to hear some of the complaints, some of the reasons that people threw out to not do it yeah i'd just be interested to talk to him to hear how he goes about balancing hunter satisfaction while trying to sustain the bird Mm -hmm. i mean that's a tough job that is a tough job 
No doubt. Um, and what you guys don't know and Cameron does know is that I actually bumped into the very first morning of my trip to Arkansas a wild turkey biologist while I was on that trip and had several good conversations with him about some of the changes that were being proposed. Hmm. And so we can talk about that a little bit on the on the show with Jeremy as well. But that would be that'll be fun. Let's go ahead and see if we can track Jeremy down and get him I'd on like the show because that. that'll be a great episode. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. And what do you say we wrap this one up? Because we've gone a long time on this one. I'd say we're only halfway there. Man, I've enjoyed it. That's been fun. Good old turkey soup, man. My first round. You know, I like doing these episodes and and I always wondered how do how do the listeners like this? And so the overall feedback on these shows when I was doing them by myself is positive. And I yeah. thought, wow, you know, that's pretty interesting. I like it. It doesn't necessarily mean everybody else likes it, but the majority of people really like turkey soup. And I've got to say, I enjoy turkey soup that much more when I have somebody like Cameron to go through and talk about this stuff with on the show. So we get some, you know, not necessarily drastically different opinions. And he and I do have some different opinions about some of these stuff. And and you guys are going to hear that here probably sooner rather than later. But, you know, it's it's fun just to bat some of the stuff around and just talk turkey. Yeah, Absolutely. So that was well, fun. That I enjoyed be, that. That could be our favor of the week. I'll go ahead and take that. Our favor of the week is give us feedback on what you like and don't like. Shoot us a message over social media and tell us what episodes you've enjoyed lately and which ones you don't. How about that? I like it. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up and let's get on to next week. Yeah. I think we got a good episode for everybody next week. We're going to have a pretty good turkey hunter on here. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Well, sorry. Another pretty good turkey hunter on here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you guys are not going to want to miss our guest next week. He's a great one for sure. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.